0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Hey, I'm your host Adam Peek. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peek. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors shout out to spec right they have been a ride or die for a while they want you to imagine a world without waste listen they are changing the game you're going to be faced with epr regulations you're faced with price pressure all of the things if you don't know your data if you don't know your specs Then you're just going to end up guessing, and you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specright.com backslash pkg, and you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to SupplyCaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support spec, Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible as is the team at supply caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay. Let's get to our latest interview right now. Hey everybody. I'm here live on the lovely interwebs. Thanks to the power. Of the internet, which I think was invented by Al Gore, I've heard, um, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember if that, if there's truth to that or not. But uh, I am excited to be joined by Bradley Sabeth, who is the president and COO of Supply Caddy, along with John Sherman, who is the founder and CEO of Stickies. They are uh, a New York Knicks fan, and we've got a Brooklyn Nets fan. And obviously the world champion Denver Nuggets fan right here. So we have all managed to come together in a moment of unity to talk about packaging. United under the banner of packaging from various parts of the world. So, Or I guess the world is a bit of an exaggeration. We're all here in the United States, and I'm excited for this episode. So Bradley and John, thanks so much for, uh, for, for joining the People of Packaging podcast. Of course. I'm actually That's coming to you from France, Adam. Oh you're in France, so we are we're global hang on yeah. hang on I'm a fly second fly uh, on. i'll give a, I'll give a dark there we go we've got the got the air horn we've global. yeah we've gone we've gone global the um, <laughs> people of packaging have gone global yeah actually i have i have had guests on from every continent other than antarctica uh so far uh so over over two hundred episodes turns out there's a lot of packaging around the world who knew um
1: Find me a product that
0: doesn't come in packaging. It's it's quite true. We can't teleport yet. Uh, and so stuff needs to get packaged and sent places. So I tell people this. I've said it before on the podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, look around. If you're in the car, everything in your car, everything on the road, all of the paint that's on the lines, all of the signs, all of the <laughs> stoplights, it all got there. And packaging was part of its journey and part of its process. So. You know, John and Bradley, you got windows, you've got doors, you've got uh, drywall, you've got, you know, insulation, all has packaging in various different forms. So um, there's my mini rant on the joy and the wonder of packaging. Uh, so I want you to both do a quick introduction since neither one of you have been on the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, Bradley, I've had... Uh, Zach on before. So this is the second appearance for Supply Caddy. Supply Caddy has been an awesome partner uh, for us over the past uh, over the past few months, and it's been cool to see what y'all have been doing. So uh, coming all the way from from France, where the French fry was invented. Uh, Bradley, why don't you uh, do a quick introduction?
1: Sure. Bradley Sabbath, Co-Founder, President CEO COO of Supply Caddy. Uh, we are a global manufacturer of packaging and disposables geared towards the fast, casual QSR travel and retail industries. Uh, we like to say if you go to a drive through window, anything that you get through that window sands the food, we make that. So the bag, the cup, the napkin, the straw, the box, um, the portion cup, uh, supply caddy can can manufacture that for you. Um, and and uh, we manufacture all of our product in turkey um, which has become a geographical gem for us Uh, we specialize in quick lead times uh, exceptional quality and we pride ourselves on
0: communication sweet uh bradley real quickly how like what was your journey like into like prior to starting supply caddy did you come from that space did you see a big problem in the industry i mean what what was sort of the genesis story behind you and and it was you and zach right that co-founded the company
1: exactly so uh i'm a serial entrepreneur um three years ago before starting supply caddy uh, i can't even tell you i thought like packaging was an industry to be completely honest um I was having uh, strategic partnerships at a media agency. Um, COVID came, supply chain was disrupted um, and Zach and I launched a a company geared towards uh, really procuring product um, that no one could access in in the height of a global pandemic. Our first customer was FedEx out of the gate. Uh, Our second customer was Popeyes um and from there, we realized that every uh, you know, company in the world was going through uh, the same issue uh, in supply chain and um, after you know supplying a numerous uh, amount of companies with all different sorts of product, um, it became very clear that packaging was uh, was a route that we could take the company in, um, and be around for the you know the foreseeable future. Um, everything comes in a package. You know there is nothing that you can buy out there that doesn't come packaged. Um, so while today we are in you know uh, food service, the same bag that's being used uh, at uh, at Popeyes is is actually being used at Nike, right? Um, so it's very. Uh, there's a lot of crossover within the packaging industry so you know we we believe we can really take supply caddy um to all ends of of, of the packaging world
0: awesome well i'm excited also for the uh the popeye's air force one collab that would be great <laughs> and we could put it in the popeye's bag uh well john let's let's kick it over to you here uh and and there there's a really cool story between supply caddy and stickies uh, but, uh, and by the way, Bradley is the, the Knicks fan and John is the Nets fan. Um, in case anyone's wanting, wanting to know, uh, but John, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your story? And I, I know you've had, uh, you've been at stickies for a while now, it looks like according to your LinkedIn, but, uh, let me just talk about what it is you're doing, where your locations are. And, um, similarly, how did you end up doing what you're doing?
2: Yeah, totally. Well, thanks for uh, having uh, having me here. Um, so yeah, for a little background, you know, I uh, I started uh, Sticky's in 2012. So we're going on 11 years since uh, our first restaurant opened. And really the core of it was, you know, really believed that just chicken fingers were this beloved item. And that, you know, we thought we could really do an awesome job and create this very unique experience around the chicken finger. Like so, you know, I had previously um, been working in finance before that, so I actually left a job at a hedge fund to go start a little hole in the wall chicken finger restaurant. Um, but, you know, I really just had convinced myself that, you know, this was a, a market and a product and a, and a brand that just, something that was really gonna resonate with people. And, you know, a, a big part of kind of the, the genesis was like this idea that, like, the, I always remember the chicken finger is kind of like the cornerstone of any kid's menu. And so, yeah, but then like, you also have all these adults who still gravitate towards those kind of things. So it's like, no matter like who you are, picky eater, you know, aggressive eater, like limitless, boundless eater, everyone eats chicken fingers. And, and it's kind of that like nostalgic thing. And so what we really wanted to do is take that kind of like nostalgic childhood product, but bring a little bit more of like a culinary twist to it. And so, you know, we do that not just by making the best damn chicken finger that's out there, but we we serve it with this very long uh, list of, um, cu- like culinary-driven, globally-inspired dipping sauces. So, you know, we have eighteen different homemade dipping sauces on the menu. Over the years, we've tried out, you know, forty or fifty different sauces mm-hmm. have kind of gone through the menu, you know, since since we've opened. And so. know that's like the chicken finger is kind of that blank canvas that works with so many different flavor profiles so you know that's kind of the core of the brand um and and you know what we serve and you know really trying to push the envelope on kind of what's going to taste good with the chicken finger because you know the truth is is that like kind of like if you have a sauce that's delicious it's going to taste good with the chicken finger believe it or not even like so we really lean into like not just savory but spicy and sweet and like really the best sauce is a combination of savory spicy and sweet and so you know we've, we've just you know really gone into all different sorts of kind of globally inspired flavor profiles uh, people also people eat fried chicken all over the world and yep. doing it with their own twist and their own style and like a lot of it is all delicious and so we're trying to kind of you know take a lot of those and put them onto this one compact menu and so you know, another big part of kind of what is in the Sticky's DNA is I've always tried to have a really fun and visual, playful brand. So, you know, we express that in the product itself, you know, we have like really vibrant looking dishes, we express it in the restaurants, you know, we have like all this graffiti art all over the walls. And then, and we also express it through the packaging for how our food is served, because, you know, to kind of Cut to the, you know, bring this all full circle. You know, like certainly, you know, we were always a, a business that did a lot of delivery even before the pandemic, but certainly now even more so. And so, like, we put all this effort into designing these really cool, funky looking restaurants. But if you're ordering delivery, then, you know, you don't get that experience. You just get the food and the box and the bag that it came in. And so, you know, that's a real opportunity to, you know, express our brand and, you know, set that vibe with our customers for the, for the guests who are eating our product outside of a restaurant.
0: I love it. So I want to put a pin there and that one, because I have some questions on, uh, you know, not just how did you meet up with Bradley and the supply caddy team, but also, you know, kind of how you're delivering on that, on that brand promise, I guess, as it has to be decentralized across all these different places. But my question is actually a little bit before then, um, Because I, I it seems like maybe you were on the front end of this trend that I've seen, which is nostalgic kind of kid based foods that have grown with people like, you know, kind of the Gen X uh, early millennial crew. I've seen, you know, there's gourmet mac and cheese restaurants. There's gourmet hot dogs now. Um, obviously, you know, burgers have been around for for a little while. Did you feel like you were sort of on the pioneering edge of, of this like childhood gourmet brand experience? Because twelve years or eleven years is a long time. It seems yeah, like no. it's now coming up.
2: Yeah, no, I would say we were probably we were definitely one of the earlier brands to kind of lean into that, and you know, a big a big part of it was also this like concept of having a really focused menu and like owning that thing and being the best in class. And that's just something, you know, from the beginning that really resonated with me. Like, you know, like I always would, you know, you go to like dining, you know, frankly in New York city diners is probably the most common answer for when you ask people like, where do they get their chicken fingers from? And you go to a diner and you look at the menu and they make a bazillion different things. Right. You know, there's some great diners out there, but there's just no way that they're serving the best of anything. And so it's all you know, the
1: same chicken finger they it
2: just yeah, well, they' all the kitchen are, you know, pre-frozen pre breaded but that's a different story right. and so but you know really like felt there was a an opportunity to kind of own this uh, own this segment of the market and really create like a best-in-class chicken finger experience in, in New York and you know ultimately outside of New York
0: got it and currently, sure. it's it's in New York. That's the only place to. So we have uh,
2: fourteen locations. Uh, eight are in Manhattan. We have a store in Brooklyn. We have four restaurants in New Jersey, and we have a restaurant in uh, Westchester. So we have uh, fourteen total.
0: Got it. My sister went to uh, Nyack College, in, uh I think isn't that in Westchester County? That's in Rockland,
2: but you're close. Ah, oh,
0: man. <laughs> Uh, I don't even think the school's there anymore. All I knew it was, it was where I think, uh, Rosie O'Donnell lived or something like that. I don't remember. It was uh, hurt. I got to go out there and watch some basketball. It was fun. Um, so, uh, Bradley, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got connected in, what was the story behind the connection with, uh, with stickies? How did, how did the, and kind of what role did packaging play in that journey?
1: So John might not remember this, but I met John in 2012, shortly after he opened his first location. And uh, it was in the West Village. And uh, I was living in the East Village. And my neighbor, who I was friendly with, she had brought home one day uh, these delicious chicken fingers, which. she she had from um, from work she brought them home from work and uh she brought them home and my wife and i um were, were, were munching on these chicken fingers and you know i'm i'm dipping in in uh general sauce sauce and and uh like a cheese sauce and I'm, what is happening right now is a flavor explosion in my mouth and uh eventually when i when I came up for air, I, I asked Brooke was her name. I said, Brooke, where do you, where do you work? Where, where did these come from? And she's like, "Stickies," you know, like, like it was like, uh, you know, like a burger king, like the, you know, the most well-known chicken finger in all of New York. It was from Stickies, obviously. Uh, so obviously the next day I headed over to Stickies, and, and John was there because John was there every day. And, uh, and he was behind, actually, I think you were behind the register. Um, and, uh, that was my first interaction with with John and uh, and the restaurant, which was a, a, a tiny hole in the wall in the West Village, uh, with lines out the door, um, and it was a party. There was music. There's graffiti everywhere. Um, it was it was just a, a vibe, right? Um, but beyond the vibe, I mean, this chicken, and I'm a I'm a food connoisseur. I'm actually a chicken finger connoisseur, going one level deeper. I mean. These chicken fingers were just on another level. Maybe it was the General Tso's uh, flavor because I'm just I just love General Tso's. Um, but a- a- everything that that was on that menu, um, and I had one of each, you know, tender that day, um, was just mind blowing. And I didn't know that what ten years later that we'd be working together. I didn't know that I'd ever see John again, to be completely honest with you. Um, but I knew then that, like, I was a fan of this brand, and for as long as I lived in New York, I would be eating uh, these chicken fingers. I moved out of New York in 2017, and you know, John and I didn't start working together till 2020, 2021. Um, but every time I go back to New York, even before being involved with Stickies one of the first things I always did was go get, go get my fix uh, of stickies. Um, Got it. So now fast forward, uh, I think it was 2021. Um, there was a, a, a packaging or really a, a, a restaurant, uh, show, uh, fast, casual and John was a speaker and Zach and I, my business partner, uh, were sponsoring the happy hour. And I texted Brooke, who I hadn't spoken with maybe in eight years. I said, do you, "Do you by chance have John Sherman's number from Stickies? Because he's presenting at this show I'm at, and I gotta talk to him because I just have to do this packaging." And that was it. Uh, we met. We met at the show, and uh, it, it was it was uh, it was just a very fortuitous time. Everyone was going through, you know supply chain crisis and uh we had a great product and john has a great product and now his great product goes in my great product and uh customers are very happy
0: now now we get to talk about it on my great podcast so there you go uh, that's that's awesome so john um what was it about so before the call you mentioned that this was kind of your first show you'd gone to when you met up with with zach and bradley Um, but what was kind of maybe going on in in your business at this time that made you go, thank God I need help. Like, can we talk about this? Was there anything specific that, you know, maybe you are hoping to get from the show or obviously the world had been, you know, flipped, turned upside down. If we can go back to the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song um, in, in 2020, but what what was happening maybe in your business that, really gravitated you towards making a change or even needing to make a change?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I would say certainly at that time, right, we were dealing with lots of uh, issues with supply chain, right? In the early phase of the pandemic, it was just availability of things. And so, you know, I remember, you know, specifically one of the pain points was like the bag that we were getting, you know, was like very, like the manufacturer of that bag was like very tight on like you know, not taking on any new customers, and they were even starting to shut off existing customers. And so it was already on my radar that, like, I might, this might be a problem at some point soon. Um, And, you know, that conference, you know, I had this, it was just kind of random, I'd been asked to speak um, on a panel at this uh, fast casual executive summit. And, and i would never been to a conference before, and just kind of felt like, let's just give it a shot. Like I, I really had no expectations as to like what I was going to get out of it other than just, you know, getting to network with some peers and meet some cool people and, you know, listen to some interesting uh, speakers. And so kind of just, you know, took a chance and, and went down there. And uh, it was, uh, you know, very fortuitous if uh, for nothing else, other than, you know, getting a, a text on the first day from this guy, being like, Oh, I'm at the bar, like, uh, you know, 10, you know, 10 feet over, let me buy you a drink. And, you uh, you know again it, it just it certainly he was in the right place at the right time for me and just like solving Perfect. a problem that i knew i didn't have yet but was coming down the pike and you know we kind of just you know and, and just like the bag that he was already manufacturing was the same bag that we were using and it just you know really it was like so many different you know fortuitous coincidences and. and um, and, you know, obviously that that was uh, made, made it easy to make that decision, you know, then to, to bring our business over there. And then, you know, we've worked closely together over the last few years and, you know, really just, uh, you know, I think we're both kind of aligned and like, let's find as many opportunities as possible. let's find as many different SKUs that we're bringing in. I mean, we buy hundreds of different, you know, ingredients, you know, hundreds of different products every every week. So, you know, there's always kind of opportunities and, you know, especially at a time like now when you want to be able to control the supply chain of what you're bringing in and not just be at like some random manufacturer who's like, Oh, now, now we don't make that anymore.
0: Right. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm on your website here. I'm looking at it on my phone and it, you have this cool, fun, you, you described the brand already better than I will. And, and you had mentioned that you were already in delivery. And then it seems as though at least at least in my world and just reading about it delivery just you know skyrocketed in 2020 2021 right um and i don't know how long new york city i live in salt lake uh in utah was a little bit more um i don't know what the word would be uh they, they were opened a lot faster than yeah than new york City probably was right um restaurants returned probably a little bit quicker were you able to pivot and 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 adapt your packaging to not only deliver the, you know, deliver the product in the time and with the quality and the integrity and the security that, that it required, but also delivering on the exciting, you know, brand that you've already built up. What was that like? And if, did that, was that interrupted at all during, during the pandemic or was it just accelerated during the pandemic?
2: Thankfully, we were already positioned as a brand to where off-premise and you know, takeout and delivery was already a big part of kind of what we did. I mean, you know, Bradley talked about the original restaurant looks a hole in the wall. Like we have small restaurants, you know, a good amount of our customers, whether even if they're ordering it in the restaurant are eating it off-premise. So you know, we had already really designed our offering and our packaging to, you know, to op- be optimized for you know, off-premise consumption. Um, But certainly we had, so we, thankfully we were in a, like already had those things set up when the pandemic hit, but obviously at that point in time, we really had to lean into it more and, you know, also had to lean into it, you know, had to pivot on a few other things like um, curbside pickup and contactless delivery. So, you know, we were turning all of these things on in real time as quickly as we could, but, you know, certainly a higher percentage of our customers are now eating our food and getting, you know, their only experiences through delivery where they're not even coming to a restaurant. And so it's like, how can we really project our brand and and make that a branded experience for a a guest um, who's not walking into our restaurant? And especially, you know, again, as that, you know, when it was 25 or 30% of our business. And then, you know, I mean, at some point it was like over 50% of our business and, you know, it's kind of normalized uh, more recently, but, you know, certainly, yeah. I mean, you know, early days, 2020, I mean, yeah, it was, Huge portion of our business was all
0: um, off premise. Did you find that the the delivery services, or maybe a little bit more amenable to working with with stickies because you had already you already had the you were ready to go. It was it was a little bit more plug and play than you know some of the other restaurants that you know you talk about these cafes or whatever it is, or do you say cafe I forget, diner these diners that. Maybe didn't even, you know, they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, they didn't know Bradley, right? They didn't know how to deliver on this. And so it, I, I'm imagining if I'm an, you know, a DoorDash or an Uber Eats, it's like, I don't know how excited I am to offer those products. Whereas you are like, nope, we're good. We've been doing this for a while. We've got all of our things. We're ready to rock and roll.
2: Yeah. You know, again, thankfully, we had already had a lot of that infrastructure set up in place. Like we had already had our own ordering site. We already had, listings on on the on the major, you know, third party sites. So that was already a part of our business that we get as lean into as opposed. I mean, I've heard, you know, countless stories of, you know, different restaurants who had to turn the stuff on, you know, real time, you know, trying to turn this stuff on overnight. And, you know, I mean, I can only imagine how challenging that was. We dealt with plenty of challenges in this, in that, you know, in that time frame, So, you know, it's not like it was all a cakewalk, but, you know, thankfully we had already, we'd already really aligned and, you know, had all those things set up that we could just lean heavier into but but of course we just had to think now as more and more of our business is going through these channels how you know even more focus has to go has to go into making sure that the guest experience in those channels is is you know up to you know as great as it could be
0: got it uh so bradley you you mentioned that there was a uh, you kind of just said this off the cuff i, I think it was before we started recording but that there was a shift to this, to like the side. Like I'm looking at these dipping sauces, and by the way, I'm quite hungry now. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: stickies will do that to you.
0: And now I have no way to uh, to execute on my hunger for these <laughs> sauces. Uh, is is Goldbelly but... online yet, John?
2: you going have to come, you're gonna have to come to New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll
0: make it happen. I'm sure I'll be out there soon enough. But you'd mentioned that there was a a change in the size of the of the sauce um, cup. Is, is that? Yeah.
1: So you know, we try to innovate product as much as possible. Um, you know, the average consumer looks at packaging and they don't look at you know the innovation of packaging, whether it be a grease proof bag or making the sushi box you know a half an inch taller so the the lobster roll tail fits without being knocked over or in this case a portion cup that actually allows you to fit a gigantic uh, stickies tender into it so most portion cups these days uh, the diameter is is pretty narrow um, and you can't really get the whole nugget well maybe a normal nugget uh but you can't get a stickies tender into these tiny portion cups because they're really big juicy delicious tenders um and they're you know it's 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 natural chicken it's not um you know mashed up and and molded into one piece of chicken Uh, so it takes on all different kinds of sizes and shapes we created a portion cup that had an extra wide diameter that was lower to the ground uh, to enable you to be able to, to fit that, that whole tender in there um, and get, get enough sauce on there uh, to where you're really getting you know, the stickies experience.
0: It's probably got to you know, be your own though, right? Because you got to double dip. I mean, it sounds it sounds like there's. Oh, it's a total
2: yeah. du- double dipping operation.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Sure.
1: No shame in that. They're there no might shame. even be a triple a triple
2: dip. Situation. Triple or quadruple. It you know, all comes down to if you're sharing with others or not. Obviously, if you're, you know, I mean, if if it's, if it's just you on a, on a on a sauce cup, I mean,
0: no one's sharing my so sauce cup, John. All. No one's so sharing my sure. sauce cup. That's mine. I'm so you, right you know, now. it's funny enough.
2: I, I remember, you know, I was actually. little bit resist, you know, I was apprehensive about switching our sauce cup because again, what we had was working, you know, by and large, I was a little apprehensive, but, you know, Bradley sent me a sample of this, uh, European extra, extra wide sauce cup. (laughs) And, you know, we did some tests, some very serious test dipping in the office. And, you know, it was pretty clear, like, this is just a superior dipping experience. And so, you know, and, we got them over here. We've been using them for the last, you know, better part of the last year. And uh, we've gotten great feedback. I mean, you know, it's it's like it's just overall a better dipping experience. And we have a business that's built on dipping. So, you know, it kind of <laughs> was a natural a, a natural fit and a big win over here.
0: I love it. You know what's funny is uh, the, I, I don't know the official term, but the paper, you know, like if you're just going to put like, you know, ketchup in one of those paper ones, like when I show people that those things will like pull apart and you can, they go from like uh like a standard cylinder to like almost like all the way open. Have you ever done that before? It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, we used to, you know, early days, we used to use those and, you know. Yeah. I thought that was crazy because somebody showed it to me and I'm like, shame on me as being a packaging person. I didn't even know. <laughs> I just thought you got it like that. I'm like, I can feel like four times more dipping sauce on one of these. One of these things, it's it's amazing the little tiny things in our experience in our life that, you know, bring us joy. But but add to the add to the element, add to the brand, add to the fun. Um, and and it sounds like you're continuing to develop that and, and build that out. And I think it's great. I'm, I'm excited to go try it. Um, I'm already uh, the the what is this one? The the mac sauce, the cheddar cheese with diced jalapeno. Oh, it's amazing. If you Thank don't you. know this, um, uh, cheese sauce is proof that God exists and that we are deeply loved. Because why else? <laughs> why would delicious cheese sauce exist in the world? That's what I say. Um, that sauce has been on our menu from day one. Just because we cycled
2: through a lot, but it's just so good that like, how could you ever take it off? You,
0: you can't. Well, I can't even imagine. I'm 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 there. I'm already there. Uh, in the future, I'm um, I'm already enjoying it. I can I can taste it. Uh, well, Bradley and John, you're we gonna are, have to get your uh, own sauce cup though, because I'm 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 having when well, we well, we're gonna go together, obviously, to stickies. Oh yeah, no, no, no one's. You're not, not sharing my your, sauce. Adam's made it very, very clear not he's not sharing
2: sauces with anybody.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. positive that sauce and getting shared. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gonna be one of those like, guys it. who orders like one of each sauce. Sure. There's How else do you do it? There's a good possibility. Do do they just go like, you know, when you're a kid and you'd mix in all the, all the soda drinks, fountain drinks, you just, that might be a little Hmm. intense.
2: Um, I've seen people do it and I've done it and there's, I can give you some tips. There's definitely some sauces that mix really well together.
0: Okay. Is there a secret menu? Do you have like a, like only the locals know about this? There's a handful Mm -hmm. of items
2: that, you know, we will make for you that are
0: not on the menu for sure. Okay. I like it. Um, well, he's not going uh, to tell you what they are, but I can tell you right different. now. Well, no, 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 no. It's fine. You know, try, you know, fine. I'll figure it out. I'll, I've got yeah. the internet. I'll go on Reddit or something. Um, well, Bradley and John, I'm I'm uh, super grateful for both of you for coming on my podcast here. Uh, we're we're at about 30 minutes, and turns out, yeah, I'm not Joe Rogan, so I don't I don't do these podcasts for multiple hours. Uh, <laughs> but try to keep them around 20, 25, 30 minutes. Um, but I want to give you both an opportunity to kind of plug what it is you're doing, how people can find you, where they can go get stuff. Um, I don't know, John, if you all are, you know, do you, do you bottle your sauces? I don't know. Um, but people just have to be in New York and go experience it and that's great. Or New Jersey. Um, but I want to start Bradley with you. So, uh, how can people learn more about Supply Caddy or would they go to connect with you and, and learn about the company? I want to do like one of these, and then you're going to like put
1: supplycaddy.com up there and, and nope. post that? A, nope, okay. No, nope. um, so it's nope. supplycaddy.com.
0: It'll, be, <laughs> it's it'll supply be in the show <laughs> notes. You can click on it in the show notes.
1: It's supplycaddy.com, 833-STOCKED. Uh, and uh, we, we'd we love to fix your packaging problem. We're not a catalog company, we're, we're problem solvers. Um, you know, brands uh, uh, as small as five locations to as big as three thousand locations come to us for their packaging problems, and and we just have a passion for for solving uh, those problems. It's um, safe to say, so. if a
0: company has ninety nine problems, you make packaging not one.
1: <laughs> wow, that's huh? uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use that one, Adam. That's that's a New
0: York. That, that was a New York uh, hip hop. That was a good one. one. Thank you. Love it. Yes. Right on. Appreciate it. And John, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, well, you know, you can find stickies all over New York and New Jersey. So if you're ever in the area, please look us up. You can, uh, Again, we have 14 locations, so we're not too hard to find. Um, You can go to our website, stickies.com. You can look us up on social media. If you want to drool at some delicious looking uh, chicken and sauce pictures. And yeah, you know, come check us out. If, uh, chicken and, you know, high quality. We also do grilled chicken, but you know, high quality chicken fingers and very innovative sauces and uh, dishes with using those chicken fingers are something that you're into, then you got to come check us out.
0: Love it. Love it. Adam, I would say unless you're a
1: vegan, uh, in New York, stickies is a, is an institutional name, um, that every New Yorker and I'm a, a born and raised New Yorker, every new yorker
2: knows stickies um and and if they've had it they love stickies and i'm only going to caveat that because we also welcome the vegans in because we do make a vegan uh, (laughs) fried cremini mushroom which is phenomenal it's something i eat a lot just to mix it up a little bit because i've eaten a lot of chicken over the last 11 (laughs) years Uh, but that's also a great product but obviously we're known for for the chicken
0: known for chicken but you got the vegan well, like options. mushrooms are pretty pretty awesome, to be honest. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to well, have to
1: try that one, John. I haven't had that one yet.
2: There we go. I'm gonna Give sure. you another reason
0: to come back. I'm, I'm sure with. Like I need the, another reason. I'm sure <laughs> with the cheddar, the cheddar jalapeno sauce. Too, exactly. Although that's not really a vegan. Once it, goes match, once it goes in the mac sauce, you're, like, you're good. It's <laughs> it. You can you can. It. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, thank man. Thank you, Adam. Yep. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.